God, we do thank you uh, this evening just for bringing us men together here tonight to just hear from you, Lord. We thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. You are a God who cares about us. You are a God who loves us, Lord, and continues just to do the work in all of our lives. Us men, Lord, we're, we're a work in progress, Lord. We need your help, Lord, and thank you that you are a faithful God who continues to lead and direct our lives, to shape and mold us, refine us to the men the vessels of honor that you call us to be, Lord. We ask for a blessing on, on this study tonight and everything that goes on tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. So in the last study, you know, we learned about the spiritual battle that we as Christians are fighting. And we also learned about the, the spiritual armor of God that has been made available for us to utilize in this battle and we saw how important it is to use that, that armor. Um, but we need to ask, you know, what are we, are, are we fighting? You know, what spiritual forces are we fighting? You know, in Ephesians, um, we, we saw it last time, Ephesians 6.12. Let me go ahead and read that. You know what? One thing about this study that I, I need to be honest with you: there was a lot of tax, <laughs> uh, and it seems like the the more closer or the end of the book that we're getting, the attacks just escalated. And it just tells me, really, the enemy really does not want us to really be equipped with this these things that we're discussing, and he's going to do everything he can to you know to to uh, uh, put an obstacle on that, you know, and, and it's been a blessing, as you guys know, but definitely uh, it's been uh, it's been a, a, an attack. Um, let me turn to that because even now it's being attacked. So Ephesians uh, six twelve. I'll just go ahead and read that. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. In the heavenly places. So as you can see, it really is a, a spiritual battle. And as we look closer at this army of saying, you know, we need to ask who and what does this army consist of? You know, we're definitely fighting an army, but what are, what are we fighting? And who are these rulers, you know, of the darkness? Who are these spiritual hosts of wickedness that this verse uh, tells us about? You know, how does this army accomplish saints purposes you know we are fighting a powerful army and Satan knows that and he's going to try to do everything he can to bring us down with that army 
And this army is ready to strike at the most opportune time and in the most unexpected way. And we need to be ready. You know, it's an army that's loyal. It's an army that's obedient to saints' command and will attack both Christians and non-Christians, as we'll see. So, since Sain is not able to be omnipresent on his own, which means he's not able to be at different parts at the same time, he does rely on his army to fulfill his purpose and to, to uh, be able to assist him in this warfare. And Sain has many demons you know, in his army. And, and they fight the battle with the sole purpose of weakening and destroying the soldier of Christ. That's the sole purpose of this army. And that's, that's their agenda. And it's a shame and, and it's saddening when we hear of those soldiers of Christ who have fallen in defeat against this army. There has been brothers in Christ who have fallen in defeat, unfortunately. And it's those defeated soldiers who unfortunately give a bad testimony, right, to the name of Christ. And it does provide the world more ammunition, right, to, against Christianity. And we don't want to be there. You know, I, I pray that none of us here become one of those, another statistic, another fallen comrade who, who you know, where the world is going to ridicule because they have fallen in defeat against this army of Satan. And as any war, it helps to know the army you are fighting. And tonight we'll be studying this army of Satan a little closer. And we'll be looking at Wiersbe's outline. I don't know if we have that up there, the outline that we'll be covering. First of all, we'll be covering the origin of Satan's army, the organization of Satan's army, the operation of Satan's army, and their final outcome. So what about these demons? You know, you hear about them, right? And, 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 and one would question, really, are demons really real? Or are they just like a figment of, of, of our imagination that's just kind of an idea that's been passed on from generation to generation? Are they really real? But the fact of the matter is, if the Bible says demons exist, and if we accept the Bible as authority and true, then we, we really shouldn't have any doubt that demons do exist. They're real, as we'll see through the Word. And with the advancement of technology and the Internet and the dark content of the movies that are coming out, really the reality of demons has become more apparent and, and more attractive, and the enemy does use this technology to entice us to really uh, want to turn to these spiritual powers, to these demon, these uh, uh rulers of darkness for our own personal gain. The world wants us to do that. The world will promote that. And you, you see that. You see the way the movies are now and what's, out, what's in the internet. And it's just, it's not a good thing. It's a lot of darkness. And, but the enemy will use that as his weapon. And just preparing for this study, you know, as, as, I, as I reference sites in the internet, just kind of to look more, gain more information on, on demons, you know, I could see how the spiritual vulnerable person really could fall prey to the attacks. Just by going to these kind of sites, if you're not careful, the enemy will have a grasp on you. You know, because he will 
work on your curiosity and he will try to entice you to be more interested and, and want to look more and more. And we need to be careful. You know, we need to be careful with the Internet. It's a powerful weapon that the enemy uses. And, and again, it was just, I was just referencing, you know, sites just in general as far as demons, demonology. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's a powerful thing that the Internet has. And you need to, we all need to be careful. Because you certainly could fall prey to those subtle attacks of the enemy. Now the dictionary defines demons as an evil spirit, a devil, a fiend, an evil uh, passion or influence, a person considered extremely evil, wicked, or cruel. And in scripture, the New Testament refers to demons more than a hundred times. So it's real and it's, it's evident and it is talked about in the word of God. And just to cite a few uh, scriptural examples, in Matthew 4.24, says, Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Matthew 7.22, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And Matthew 8.16 when evening, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. And in Mark one thirty-four, then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. 1 Corinthians 10.20.21, rather that the things which... The Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Revelation 9.20, But the, the rest of the mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor, nor hear nor walk. And the Old Testament also refers to demons. In Leviticus 17.7, They shall no more offer their sacrifice to demons, after whom they have played the harlot. They, this shall be a, a statute forever, forever for them throughout their generations. Second Chronicles 11.15 Then he appointed for himself priests for the high places, for the demons, and the calf idols which he had made. And Deuteronomy 32.17 They sacrificed to demons, not to God, to gods they did not know, to new gods, new arrivals that your fathers did not fear. And Psalm 106.37 They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. Now, let's, if you could turn to Mark uh, chapter 5, if you can. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. In Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 13, we'll read, then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarians. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately 
there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him not even with chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces neither could anyone tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones when he saw Jesus from afar he ran and worshiped him and he cried out with a loud voice and said what have I to do with you Jesus son of the most high God I implore you by God that you do not torment me for he said to him come out of the man unclean spirit then he asked what is your name and he answered saying my name is legion for we are many also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mounds so all the demons begged him saying send us uh, to the swine that we may enter them and at once Jesus gave them permission then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine there were about 2000 and and the herd ran violently down the the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea so demons you guys are definitely real saints army is real the word of god refers to these demons and we need to take it to heart that we are fighting against an army that it saint has an army of demons and there are various uh views regarding uh the the origin of demons and one view is that they are spirits of of wicked deceased people this comes from an ancient greek belief that you know that it doesn't really have any scriptural support cuz the bible always places unsaved dead as confined in a place of torment unable to roam the earth right so that that view really is is not uh, uh, a well accepted view regarding the origin of demons and this is referenced in psalm 917 says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget god and in revelation 2013 the sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and hades delivered up the dead who were in them So that's one view. The second view um it talks about demons possibly being disembodied spirits of a pre-adamic race of people who existed before Adam. You know and 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 those are disembodied spirits that remain in alliance with Satan and this view of course is contrary to the Bible's teaching that Adam really Adam was the first man. So that also is not a very uh well received view. Another view regarding the origin of demons is that they are the offspring of the union described in Genesis 6:14. If we have that on the screen in the in Genesis 6:14 it says now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of god saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they they took wives for themselves for all whom they chose and the lord said my spirit shall not strive with men forever for he is indeed flesh yet his days shall be 120 years 
There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. This view would have to assume that the sons of God were angels and the offspring were not human. And with the destruction um, in, in the flood, you know, their disembodied spirits then became demons. But that also is contrary to really what the word says regarding the purpose of the flood, which was what? To, to destroy all wickedness. So that view regarding the origin of demons is also uh, not well accepted. The most likely and accepted view regarding the origin of demons is the fact that demons are fallen angels. As, as we see um, in, in Isaiah 14, 12, they're fallen angels who were part of that rebellion with Lucifer. Remember Lucifer? He was in heaven. He was a high-ranking angel who rebelled because of his pride. He rebelled against God, and he was cast out of heaven, but he also took other angels who supported uh, Lucifer with him, and they were also cast out of heaven. Those angels... Of course, are the, are, are the demons that we feel are the ones that roam the earth and are part of this army of Satan. So what about this organization of, of the army? I mean, how, how is this army organized? You know, we know that Satan's army is or highly organized, but we know that Satan is the leader. In, in Matthew twelve twenty four, it says, Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. So here Satan is referred as the ruler of the demons, indicating he is a leader of other fallen angels who are his army of demons. And this is further supported in Matthew twenty five forty one. It says, Then he will also say to those in the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So Satan is referred to as the prince of the earth, the ruler of the world, and in Ephesians 2.2 2, as, as the prince of the power of the air. And he leads a highly organized army of demons who are likely stationed throughout the earth just waiting for the command of Satan. And these commands are targeted against God, and they're targeted against God's people. Looking at Ephesians 6.12 once again, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So this verse gives us a clear delineation on the organized order of Satan's army. Okay? Is there's a clear ranking order that has been established just like any other army that has been established. You know, from and Chris could tell you more about that. You know, it starts from the general down to the what do you call them, the infantry or the privates. Private. So there's a a clear delineation of, of a ranking order there. Same thing is going on in this army of Satan. And and I'm sure the higher ranked demons uh, are assigned to the more important tasks, whereas the lower ranked demons 
are, are, are assigned to, of course, lesser tasks. So there is a hierarchy there. And the fact of the matter is that this army of Satan is not only organized, but is strongly united. And, and they're united to accomplish Satan's plan and purposes. Wiersbe mentions an important point in his book that if we as Christians were only more united, we would win more battles. If we as Christians would not be falling to the flesh against each other, we would be able to focus more on those attacks by the enemy. And many times we do fall short on that, unfortunately. We lose focus because of what goes on within the body or around our lives, and, and we forget that the enemy is still around trying to bring us down, and we do lose focus. So the less we do that, of course, the more ready we're going to be to fight this, this, this battle more diligently, and the more uh, likely we're going to be, of course, uh, standing in victory. We don't want to fall. How about the operation of these demons? How do, how do the demons operate? You know, how, how, how do they accomplish saints' plans? In Matthew 10, 1, it says demons are described as unclean spirits. And, and with this description, one would assume, of course, that there's also clean spirits, which are true angelic, angelic beings, true angels that are holy. Um, but unclean spirits will do exactly the opposite. And they will try to entice people into practicing what is unclean and morally filthy. And what is morally filthy? Pornography, the lewd acts, you know, the prostitution, the sex out of marriage, homosexuality. That is uh, morally filthy things that these unclean spirits will try to encourage us to do. And these demons are at work. You know, even as we speak, they will try to entice you to think that these acts to think about these acts and practice them. They're at work, they're busy, and we need to be careful. And as I mentioned earlier, Satan will use the internet, will use movies, will use the television, magazines as his weapons. So he has his uh, weapons available, unfortunately. And I think we all see how the degree of, of moral uh, filthiness that has increased in our society and continues to be promoted by the world and ultimately influenced by Satan. We, we're living in, in, unfortunately, a dark world, a wicked world. And it's being promoted by Satan and his army. You know, demons also are referred to as wicked and evil spirits. In Luke 7.21 it says, And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. And in Matthew 12.45, Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first, so it shall also be with this wicked generation. So these demons will encourage the practice of everything that is evil and wicked in this world. And all the violence, all the hate, you know, all the robberies, all the murders, 
that are so prevalent in our society now, that's being driven by these evil and, and wicked and wicked spirits. And, it, and it's unfortunate that we've reached this current you know, state of evilness and wickedness that really it's now the norm where you turn on the news, the media, and it's all about murders and robberies and all this wicked stuff. That's how far we've gone, and that's how far Sain's army has gained, unfortunately. And it's an accepted thing now. I mean, that's all you see. It's rare that you see something good in the news. And the goal of, this, of these evil and wicked spirits is to promote immorality. And since the practice of immorality is what? Practicing anything that is opposite of good, and God represents goodness, so the ultimate goal of these demons really is to encourage everything that opposes the will of God. And that's their goal, ultimately. Demons will ultimately try to oppose the plan of God in our lives. In Daniel uh, 10, uh, verses 10 through 14, I'll go ahead and read this. And suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and, uh, and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. And, and, um, and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words here, uh, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses, came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. This was a battle, a spiritual battle that was in the heavenly realm that he mentions here that this uh, angel, which was Gabriel talking to, uh, to Daniel, was was held back in this battle by by these demonic angels and 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 Michael the the chief angel in heaven came and helped so definitely there was a spiritual battle going on to try to get in the way of the plan of God that was going to happen through Daniel's life so we need to understand that as God initiates His plan in our lives, this will not go unopposed. There's going to be spiritual battle. And we need to realize that, that Satan will uh, create uh, a lot of distraction, will create obstacles, sending his army of demons to oppose and stop God's plan from being accomplished in our lives. And we, we don't realize what's going on in the spiritual realm. But it's real, guys. Remember Paul, in his address to the Roman church, he mentions how often he had planned to visit them, but was hindered. Saints, demons will try to hinder God's work in our lives. 
You know, just yesterday, you know, as I was reviewing this study, I was majorly attacked. You know, it's like, it's so real. And, and you know, and I know this plan of attack was to make me lose focus and steer fear and discouragement, ultimately to keep me from teaching tonight. It's, it's not a good thing, guys. So keep me in prayer. <laughs> It's, it's a battle, and, and it was so evident. But, you know, greater is he who is, who is in us than he who is in the world, right? And demons believe in who God is and, who, and, and do fear God. That's another thing about demons. In James 2.19, says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. The demons believe that Jesus is the Son of God, as we see in Luke 8, 28. It says, when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I do to what I have I do uh, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not tor- torment me. So there was a fear of God there. And demons, as we saw in Satan, are also intelligent, right? And they're knowledgeable in the scriptures. They're going to turn scripture around and try to create doubt. They're going to try to create confusion. And ultimately try to make you disobey the word of God. But they also fear their ultimate judgment. In Luke 8.31 it says, And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Demons are deceivers. You know, as we learn from Satan, who is the master of lies and deception, so are his demons. As we saw, you see in John 8.44, it says, You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Demons are teachers of false doctrine. You know, in 1 Timothy 4.1, says, Now the Spirit expressly, it says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And as the end times come close, those deceiving spirits are going to escalate as far as their attacks in, in spreading false doctrine, false teachings. Through men. You know, demons are also destroyers. You know, they could inflict physical harm um, to people. In Matthew 9.32, it refers to the mute man who was demon-possessed. Matthew 12.22 refers to the blind man who was demon-possessed. And demons also could cause torment and suffering. Uh, as we see in Matthew uh, 15.22, says, We see the mother crying out to Jesus in agony for her daughter who was demon-possessed. So they definitely could cause torment and much suffering. Demons can also make people suicidal. As we see in Matthew 17, 14, we learn about the demon-possessed epileptic who would often fall into the fire and into the water. And demons also are promoters of the occult and, and different various forms of divination. As we see in Acts 16, 16, 18, it says, Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us 
who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And as we are aware of the many places in our community, you know, all those uh, uh, areas, I mean, the centers of palm reading and fortune teller, telling, I believe many of these places really do rely on the spiritual realm and the spiritual uh, powers of darkness to come in. They open the door for that. So don't get curious and go into those centers. It's not, it's, it's, it's dark, it's evil, it's wicked. Um, the other thing demons do is promote the practice of idolatry, as we see in 1 Corinthians ten fourteen through 22. It says, Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? And what am I saying then? That an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything, rather that the Gentiles, which the Gent, while that, while that, rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons, and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? And in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, we see that Satan and his demons can work through unsaved people. And we'll read that. It says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conduct conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. Demons can also work through saved people as well. That's all of us, right? And as we saw in Acts, you know, we reviewed a, lot, a couple of studies ago, Ananias and Sapphira, what did they do? They, 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 they lied to the Holy Spirit, right? And they were saved. But even then, they were being influenced by these demons. And, and in uh, Matthew 16, 23 we see when Jesus shares how he was to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, Paul responds by saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Jesus, in turn, what does he do? He responds to him, Get behind me, Satan. So Satan and his demons certainly could influence safe people. And you ask, how is this possible that Satan can work through safe people? I mean, we have Christ in us, right? We should have victory. We shouldn't have to have that problem being influenced by demons. But unfortunately, we can be influenced. And demons we know cannot take possession of a saved person, but the more a saved person yields to the flesh and to, the, and to sin, demons can certainly influence that person's decision-making. 
If you open those doors, guys, those demons will come in and try to influence your decision-making and the actions you take in, in your spiritual walks. And Wiersbe describes this as demonic influence or demonic obsession. And this is why it's so important to utilize the armor of God. And it's the armor of God that's going to help us really to recognize those spiritual attacks that come our way. If we're not equipped to protect ourselves, we're vulnerable to be influenced by these demons and, and Satan. And many of these attacks, as we've seen in the past, on the past studies, are subtle attacks. He attacks in different ways. Remember saying disguises himself as an angel of light. And it's only again through the power of God and his and his, his discerning power of his Holy Spirit that we're able to recognize those attacks. But we need to rely on his strength and rely on his armor. And we can't get to a point where we're making ourselves vulnerable to influenced by these demonic forces. But like I mentioned earlier, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And that's the God that we serve, a faithful God, who is all-powerful, who the demons do fear and will obey, ultimately, as we read in that story with the swine. So it's it's just something that we need to, again, be reminded that we have an all-powerful God on our side that's going to help us be victorious over these demons and, and, and the attacks of Satan. So what is the outcome? What's the final outcome of Satan and his army? Are they going to continue to have their way on this earth? And we, we, we're reminded that the battle really has already been won, right? At the cross. And it is through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that really has overcome the power of Satan. The work has been done at the cross and has now allowed us to walk in victory over the power of Satan and his army. We're walking in victory. We need to be reminded of that. We're, we should not be prey to these attacks of the enemy. We're walking in victory. We could now say no in Jesus' name, no to those attacks. We could say no to the sin. Sin really has no, it shouldn't dominate our lives anymore like it used to. This, you know, the power of sin really has no, it doesn't have any dominion over our lives anymore. And we could say no now and rely on His strength and continue standing uh, firm and remain victorious. And it's through the power of that cross that is rescuing sinners from Satan's dominion and making them soldiers for Christ. And that's what we want to be, right? We want to be soldiers for Christ. We want to be fully equipped, fully prepared, and continue fighting the battle already in victory. And that's the assurance we already have. We know what's going to happen with Satan and his, and his demons at the end. Satan... And his army has been defeated, guys. And eventually, Satan and his demons will be cast into the lake of fire. 
Matthew 25, 41 says, Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So the days are numbered for Satan and his army, and they know it. And as we get closer to the final days, the intensity of those attacks will increase. And the more ready and prepared we want to be. Because we know what kind of enemy we're fighting. He's more than able to know our vulnerabilities. He knows our weaknesses. He knows where we're falling short. He knows those gaps, those open doors that we're leaving open, unfortunately. And he knows he could get in there. You know, Wordsby gives us two good uh, advices. You know, that since we're already have victory over saints power we should not still have that extreme fear over those demonic influences in our lives we shouldn't be walking in fear of of these demonic spirits that are out there we already have victory over that you know fear we know is not of the lord and the the word promises us god's going to protect us god's going to protect us through his spiritual armor through the Holy Spirit, we're protected. We cannot be living in constant fear, extreme fear. Some people live that way, unfortunately. But we need to rely on His strength. But on the other extreme, He mentions that we should not get too comfortable in our walks, you know, where we could develop like this false sense of security where we think that we're invincible and stop relying on that spiritual armor, what happens? (laughs) We're vulnerable. So both of these extremes certainly can have a serious impact on our spiritual walks and our usefulness for God. So let's not go there. You know, we already know what the Word says. We know what God promises us. And we're protected. And we want to be walking in a way that's fully worthy of His calling, fully fruitful, and and fulfilling the plans and purposes that He has for each and every one of our lives. And we don't want any weights on us. We don't want any obstacles by these fears or leaving doors open for the enemy to come in and, 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 and slow down our walks, affect our walks, make us take those detours. You know, we want to be found fully uh, blameless in the Lord's eyes if we can. We need to strive to bless Him in and through our lives. And He will help us in those areas that we do fall short. So, But it's all through constant prayer and, and, and getting in the Word and, and being in fellowship with God and, 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 and being connected with the man and, and the body here that gives protection for every one of us. We don't want to be out there, you know, lone lone rangers uh, trying to do things on our own. We need each other. We need each other to encourage each other, to pray for each other, and keep each other accountable. And that's the only way we're going to be even much more victorious over these attacks. But again, Satan is busy, and he's going to get busier as those end times do come near. What I'd like to do is just close uh, with reading uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 37 through 39. 
if we could all read that together. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you, Lord, that we do walk in victory already, Lord, through the power of of your Holy Spirit. And just the work that you did on the cross has brought victory over the power of sin, over the power of Satan and his demonic army, Lord. We thank you that we could say no in your name, and we know that we could rely on your strength. We could utilize your spiritual armor to be useful vessels in your kingdom, Lord. We ask that you just help us to be faithful with the things you call us to do. Help us to be uh, discerning when those attacks do come our way, Lord. And just help us to be ready, busy doing your work and not get too comfortable, Lord, in our walks. Help us just to be dwelling in your word and and waiting on you and and confirmation from you, Lord, on, on the things you have for us, Lord. We thank you that you're a God who is faithful, who continues just to uh, keep us on track, Lord. And, and, and we just thank you that you are a merciful and gracious God when we do fall, Lord. But we ask that you just continue to do the work on every man that's here tonight, Lord. The things that they're struggling with, Lord, those areas that they seem to be uh, weak in, Lord, and those areas that they just seem to... Uh, fall back on, unfortunately, that that bring them down in their spiritual walks. We ask that you just uh, fill them with your spirit, Lord, and give them your strength to say no to those things, to close those doors that seem to uh, remain open, Lord. And we ask that you just help us just to be, again, walking worthy of your calling. And and just remind us, convict us, uh, if you have to, Lord, on those areas that we need to change. In, the, in our spiritual walks with you, Lord. We thank you for this time, and we just ask for a blessing on the rest of, uh, of our time this evening. In Jesus' name.